Well, 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 welcome back to another episode of the March and Silver MMA Show. And today we're talking about UFC 264, the events that happened on the weekend. And we have Islam Makhachin versus Thiago Moises this weekend. We've got a great fight this weekend, a great card all around. And we've had some tremendous events to talk about last weekend. I'm joined with Oscar. How's it going? It's going excellent. Uh, we had an amazing pay-per-view this past weekend. Of course, the last two fights left a sour taste in our mouths, but nonetheless, it really delivered uh, top to bottom. Uh, let's talk about the main event. Conor McGregor broke his tibia at the end of the first round, and it was an unfortunate sight to see, and I believe that the UFC will use that as an excuse to make a quadrilogy between these two. I think Dustin Poirier showed that there's no doubt that he is now the better mixed martial artist. And I believe he's miles ahead of Connor at this point, especially on the ground. Uh, Dustin Poirier showed that on the ground, he beats Connor McGregor, I would say, nine out of ten times at this point. Dustin Poirier is only getting better, and now he earned his title shot against Charles Oliver in December, and he should win that. And after that, they're probably going to book the fourth fight with Connor, and it's unfortunate because I believe this fight probably marks the end of Connor's. Uh, stay at the top of the division don't get me wrong he's still an elite fighter he can still compete in the top 10 but the top five is probably not uh where he should be fighting at at this moment well yeah he's now ranked number seven inside the rankings at, at lightweight which is you know it's incredible to think about because we've known connor as the past few years to be you know this elite fighter champion double champ he's been in the top 10 uh, top five uh consistently and now he's outside the top five. He's number seven in the rankings, which is just, it's insane to think about. But, you know, his performance on, on the weekend against, uh, you know, against Poirier, it was, uh, it, it was interesting because the, obviously the takedown, the, the takedown came easy for Poirier. But what really helped that takedown was the jumping for the guillotine. McGregor jumped for that guillotine. And then from then it was, it was downhill. Uh, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's it. Well, that, that was the worst mistake. McGregor could have made in in that fight, and even his coach John Kavanaugh admitted that it was a tactical mistake. He should never ever jump for that guillotine, and I completely agree. If he does a jump for that guillotine, they stay on the cage, they do a little bit of clinch fighting, uh, maybe let's go of the guillotine, and they go back to the center. But jumping for that guillotine gave Dustin uh, the ground and pound uh, opportunity that he was possibly looking for, and them elbows. Uh, a lot of them landed, but it didn't look like it phased McGregor. His face still looked un un unscathed. Uh, just the cauliflower, cauliflower ear that kind of popped, and obviously the ankle at the end. It was, uh, it, it was. I hate seeing stuff like that. I'm really bad at watching bones break. I um, absolutely hate it. I'm probably watching the wrong sport, for, but uh, this sport is crazy. I love it, and but watching bones break, oh, I can't watch it, man. It's it's just terrible. Uh, but yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, that broken ankle is probably their path to the fourth fight. It's uh, an anticlimactic end to the trilogy that we were looking for. Yeah, fun fact: ever since fans came back, it came back at UFC 261. We've seen a limb break in every pay per view. UFC 261 had Wyman break his leg. Then at 262, Jacare gets his arm broken. At 263, we have Jamal Hill get his arm dislocated. Now Connor. I uh, just got his uh, tibia snap. So 265 is bound to have something uh, wacky happen once again. Uh, yeah, these pay-per-views have delivered in terms of entertainment and certainly violence. And uh, the Coleman event, I really don't think delivered that. Uh, Gilbert Burns fought Stephen Oneboard Thompson, and he came in with a winning game plan. His game plan was to get close to Wonderboy and uh, wrestle him. Wonderboy has not been taken down three times ever. Since uh since the Matt Brown fight, so that was a really good look for Gilbert Burns, and I believe there's only one way to go but up for Gilbert Burns after this. A lot of people were counting him out after the one boy, uh, not the after the Usman loss, and I counted him out too. I thought there was a potential for him to be knocked out, and in the second round he got hit with a good spinning kick. But besides that, Gilbert Burns was the better grappler. But in my mind, that was a draw. Gilbert Burns landed a bunch of illegal strikes to the back of the head in the third round. And for uh, Mark Goddard not to take a point, 
that's not a good look at all. So I truly believe this fight was a draw, but uh, Gilbert Burns uh, definitely had a better game plan and the 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 smarter way to win the fight, but by just dominating them on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before I move on to, to talk about the co-main event, uh, I just wanted to bring up, bring up this topic. It was uh, Conor McGregor said... Uh, that his leg was already compromised going into the Dustin trilogy, uh, Dustin Poirier trilogy fight. Uh, he announced that he suffered a, after he got uh, suffered the broke t- uh, tiliba. Um, he said um, he said he had stress fac- fractures in his leg uh, leading up to the fight, and the UFC knew that, Dana White knew that, the doctors knew that, but the fight still went ahead. Do you, do you see that as a little bit of an excuse, maybe, or or, or do you believe his word? Conor McGregor has had an excuse for every loss he's had. And, uh, you know, he's really built his game around being confident. And to continue to be confident, you got to have an excuse in there. Uh, I'm not going to say he's lying, but at the end of the day, uh, broken tibula or not, you don't really use that on the ground. And that's where he was getting beat up. So, yeah, that that was a clear loss for Conor. In McGregor's word... People ask me, when was the leg break? At what point did the leg break? Ask Danny White, ask the UFC, ask Mr. Davidson, the head doctor of the UFC. They knew my leg. I had stress fractures into the leg going into the cage. They were debate about pulling me pulling me out of this thing because I was sparring without shin pads and I was kicking. I kicked the knee a few times, so I had multiple stress fractures in the shin above the ankle and then I had trouble with the ankle anyway throughout the years of fighting all the time. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say there, but... Uh... Yeah, he's got to have an excuse, and uh, Conor McGregor, he will not be better when he returns. There's no way. Uh, you it's saw the same excuse. come back. He wasn't the same, and now Conor the same won't. excuse he used against Habib. He said a foot is his foot with a balloon in that fight, yeah. and uh, it's, 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 it seems seems like it's going with the same the same way. Uh, but he obviously has a better a better back in in this one because his leg literally did snapping off so anyway yeah. moving on to the Burns fight as you mentioned he did what he had to do uh went in there got the takedowns three takedowns the first time as you mentioned since what was it maybe Matt Brown in his years uh, Matt Brown yeah yeah yep. which is you know phenomenal because Thompson is a great fantastic defense wrestler we've seen that in the past uh but now we know if he did come against Usman it would have been it would have been uh I don't want to say an easy night for Usman because that's disrespectful but it, it, it would have been an, a, a night for Usman where he would have took him down at will and controlled him for 25 minutes probably, and, and that, that would have been the end of the story. But Burns did what he had to do. Uh, he, he threw 101 strikes, uh, 101 strikes out of 126, which is phenomenal accuracy. He landed a lot in, in this fight, and uh, then three takedowns and a seven minutes and 13 control. But as you mentioned, the back of the head strikes, Mark Goddard didn't take a point off. Uh, did could that have warranted a point? One hundred percent. Those were very intentional, and they were landing. And it was multiple. It wasn't one where he was trying to trying to hit him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it was clearly intentional. And Gilbert Burns is a nice guy, and uh, I was quite surprised to see him doing something as dirty as that. And uh, well, one boy, about... yeah, one of boys. He's not going to get a title shot now. He's thirty eight. Sad to see he's a very talented fighter. And uh let's let's move on to quite possibly the the best knockout of the night. Taito Yuvasa yeah. knocked out Greg Hardy in a minute. And uh it was it was mad scenes after that. He got he got the shoe he got a steeple do its uh <laughs> custom made uh happy dad uh Nike shoe. It was it was really awesome to see and uh Taito is a real character and uh Greg Hardy, of course, he showed his inexperience once again by rushing in after rocking Tatu Ibasa, and after that, it was over quickly. Yeah, which is beyond me. Uh, Greg Hardy was uh, leading up to this fight. He, he was saying that he wanted to box Deontay Wilder. I, I, did he? <laughs> it, 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 yeah, literally, that was my reaction when I heard that. I was like, yeah, what is he thinking? Delusion. Uh, yeah, so when I heard that, I was like, he's got his mind set. On another, when McGregor fought Poirier for the second time, as we mentioned, he was more set on uh, the Manny Pacquiao fight. Uh, yeah. To me, that kind of felt like he- Greg Hardy had his head elsewhere. He wasn't really concentrated on the fight. He probably wasn't overlooking Tatu Vasa, but 
his full concentration probably wasn't there with Ty. And uh, he did rock Ty Tuvasa. Gave him the little chicken dance. Uh, his leg went stiff a little bit, but Ty Tuvasa. He's got some fast hands for a big boy. And uh, he, he knocked him out with that left hook and it was deadly. And uh, it was uh, it was over. And um, we saw the big boy fall. Uh, in my opinion, I think that might be the last time we see Greg Hardy inside the UFC. Uh, yeah, they actually, they, they pay him a lot. Uh, he got paid nearly as much as Ty Tuivasa for this fight, and Ty got a bonus. That lets you know how much uh, Greg Hardy gets paid. I don't know if they'll let him go. I feel like every time Greg Hardy fights, people do tune in to watch just because he's a very pol polarizing guy. He's a very... Uh, very controversial guy. I feel like he gets a lot of eyes in uh, the UFC. The UFC's heavyweight roster, it's not great. So I, I believe they'll probably keep Greg Hardy around just because he's a name. And uh, maybe they're not going to give up on him quite yet. If he loses his next one in this fashion, I'm sure they'll let him go. But uh, for now, he'll probably stick around. Just quickly before we move on to the next fight. I, I said it in the preview. Tai Tuvasa versus Tom and Aspinall. It's the fight to make. And it, I think it should happen next. Uh, it, I don't think he'll be able to turn around as quick for September, maybe London. Uh, I believe Tom Aspinall is getting ready for that card. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so I don't know whether Taito Vasa will be able to turn around that quick. But Taito Vasa versus Tom Aspinall next would be phenomenal. I think that fight would make a hell of a lot of sense. And it gives Tom Aspinall another another challenge uh, to face. And uh, Taito Vasa said he wants to the top 10, top 15 and that's where Aspinall is at the moment. So it makes a hell of a lot of sense. And uh, another finish that happened, Irina Aldana finished Anakin Skitskaya. Impressed with the performance? I was, uh, and I was not surprised by the knockout. That's what I predicted. I thought it would be later in the fight. Uh, but Yannikun Skaya, her weight cuts, uh, sometimes they're a little rocky, and uh, that that makes her chin a little weak. She got... Knocked off by Aspen Ladd already, so I was thinking a great boxer like Aldana should be able to get the job done. Aldana herself missed weight. Uh, she had an excuse for that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to believe, but Aldana did look excellent as long as she was in there. And Yana Kuniskaya came in with a very different approach. She was not looking to clinch early on, which was very surprising, and that opened up a huge uh, right hand for Aldana to land and some brutal ground upon right after. Aldana would have gotten a performance bonus if it wasn't for a weight miss. Uh, great performance for her. And I personally believe in Misha Tate looks excellent against Mary Renault, uh this weekend. I believe her against Misha Tate is the fight to make. Yeah, 100% agree with you with everything you said there. Uh, I, I don't want to keep this, uh, you know, the breakdown on here too long because <laughs> there's a lot of topics to talk about on this UFC 2 So much happened. Uh, but lastly, on the main card, yeah, Sean O'Malley versus Chris Moutinho. Chris lost the fight, but he won on, you know, in, in the fans' perspective. He's gained so much attraction for taking a beating. But this guy's heart, his durability, he, he's a warrior. And when he fights, I'm tuning in because I want this guy to have the, the greatest success inside the UFC. This guy is a, a phenomenon. He's a... He, he he really, you know, uh, inspired me because this guy, you know, he and the match shots he took, he got knocked down a few times, he got back up and he kept on going. Some inspirational stuff and it just showed that, you know, if if you put Sean O'Malley under pressure, you know, and he, he yes, the three rounds, he did look good, uh, but he, he did look at the clock a lot and it looked like he was slowing down in that third round, but uh, Sean O'Malley always looked a step ahead. Yeah, how is Sean O'Malley not going to slow down? He literally threw the most amount of strikes in any Ben Waite uh, three-round fight ever. He was, let, let's be honest, this was Sugar Sean O'Malley's target practice. He had a 72% accuracy. He landed 230 significant strikes. And I was shocked that Chris Martino wouldn't go down because he's actually been finished four times in his career. So I was thinking he's not the most durable of guys. Absolutely not. Moutinho showed he had all the heart in the world. And uh, Herb Dean, once again, was showing that he's very inconsistent. And after letting the kid take over 200 significant strikes, he decides uh, 30 seconds uh, 
left into the third round. He's decides I, I don't want this blood on my hands. Uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just stop it now. And uh, that was unfortunate. Matinho earned the right to go out on the shield uh, after taking so much punishment. And honestly, I thought they were going to stop it heading to the second. Um, and when they didn't, I was thinking this probably goes the distance. So uh, props to Chris Matinho. He gained 120,000 Instagram followers from that. So, yeah, he's definitely uh, on the ups. And I would like to see him go down to flyweight after this. Yeah, we had some fa fantastic prelims. Uh, yeah, Carlos Condit versus Max Griffin. Max Griffin looked phenomenal in that fight. And then Nico Price versus Michelle Piera. Oh, my God. They put on an absolute show. And then Ryan Hall versus Ilya Tatupupia. It was it was wild. And then Trevor Giles versus DDP. DDP, he's got some hands, man. He can finish. Uh, what are your and thoughts grappling. on the prelims, roughly? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just run it down. Uh, Carlos Condit showed that he very much can still compete against uh, good welterweights. And he showed that he was there for the right reasons. And he's not near retirement. And Max Griffin, as I said, he's in his prime. Looked really good. Good, dis good decision win there. And then Price and Pajeda was really what we expected. Uh, Pajeda gassed once again. That's what he gets for, for doing those silly things. Clear win for him. Uh, and Ryan Hall and Taporia went high thought it would. Ryan Hall had no plan B whatsoever. He only thought he was going to get an easy leg lock. And when he couldn't get it, he was toast. And Taporia is an undefeated killer who was able to knock him out easily. And then Dreykus Duplessis showed that he was an absolute murderer. And he outgrappled grappled uh, Giles in the first and then got a crazy knockout in the second. Good on him. Very impressive. And right after that, on the early prelims, Maya and I was probably going to be the, the least entertaining fight on the card. They really don't fight to finish. And in this fight, they got a legitimate fight. These two were, were fighting their hearts out out there. And uh, Maya had a, a crazy gash uh, on her forehead. And she fought through it. Uh, props to these two. Very exciting fight. Yeah, it, looked, it pretty much looked like a third eye. And uh, it, was, uh, it, it was disgusting. Uh, but, you know, we move on. And then uh, we had Brad Tavares versus Omari Akhmedov. And uh, the recent news came out, Omari Akhmedov has now been released from the UFC or his contract might have ended. Uh, yeah, he, sure he liked, he liked uh, to, ex to explore free agency. Uh, well, there you go, uh, uh, Oscar Silva clearing up the situation there. Uh, maybe Bellator, you know, Bellator, maybe one championship would make sense for him next. But, uh, he, you know, he, he had some great fights inside the UFC. What was his record? Nine and five and one he took. Yeah, the, you know, yeah, Vittori one draw against Vittori. Yeah. Yeah. He took Marvel Vittori, who is what top three uh, middleweight right now. And so he's, he's a good fighter. Maybe he needs to, you know, switch up a camp or, you know, get some things, you know, sorted. And he could definitely come back. And uh, Azuma Gulov versus uh, Jerome Rivera. And, and, you know, pretty much that ended very quickly. Impressive. A guillotine choke. And very impressive. It was a weird angle as well. I thought Jerome Rivera was looking great on the feet. He was looking really good. That long, wide stance. He was pumping out his punches. He was looking phenomenal. And then Zuma Gulov snapped up that neck in such a like it was at such a weird angle. He, the way he had it, but he was tight. Got yeah, the tap. Perfect. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, a, a, a brilliant to get his first first win inside the UFC too. I, I do believe. I think that that's, that was him. He was zero and two heading into that fight, if I'm correct. And now he's one and two. Yeah, so. against the elite competition. Yeah, so, so yeah, so well, we got a fantastic fight card this weekend. Uh, we got Tiago Moises, uh, no, Islam Makashev versus Tiago Moises. So, th this is a fight card that we're, we're all looking forward to. I'm looking forward to, uh, as you see, Mario Moreau versus Misha Tate, Matthias Gamrot versus Jeremy Stevens. Oh, my word, that's an incredible fight! That's an incredible fight. I'm definitely tuning in for that one. And Radio for Vieira versus Dustin. Oh, these some of these names, man. Somebody's made Dustin Joseph, yeah, and the Billy Quartino versus Gabriel Benitez, Daniel Rodriguez, D Rod versus uh Preston Pearson's uh stepping in at short notice, and uh, Amanda Lemos versus the Mexican. Uh, she's so entertaining, by the way, is the Mexican bunny. She's the girl that came out with the bunny ears, wasn't it? If I'm correct, yep, Conejo, yeah, mm -hmm. oh, that, that's a mad name to pronounce, but uh, Monserrat Ruiz, yeah. Yep. Yeah, something like that. And then we've got Khalid Taha versus Sergei uh, Morozov. Uh, Anderson De Silva versus Miles Johns. 
and a Figueiredo, Francisco Figueiredo versus Malcolm Gordon, Rodrigo Nascimento versus Alan Badut. But we're going to start at the top. Main event is the Makachev Targa Moises. Oscar, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Islam Makachev has all the expectations in the world from the MMA community. We all know what he's capable of. His first uh, cup, his first several fights in the UFC have been looking similar to what Habib does, but he looks a lot more comfortable on the feet and a little more polished. So that'll take him a long way uh, if he sticks to father's plan, as uh, as Javier Mendes likes to call it. I believe he'll have a lot of success and he'll become champion. I really believe if I'm going to invest in any UFC fighter's stock, I'm investing in Islam Akashev. I believe he can beat Justin Poirier, Justin Gaethje. I, I, I really believe he can beat just about anybody. I think he's already ready for a title shot. But, of course, he hasn't beaten the guys to deserve it quite yet. And Tiago Moses is just going to be another one of those guys. Tiago Moses has been looking better than ever. In his last fight against Alexander Hernandez, his striking looked amazing. In the third round, he was just styling on him. He was taunting him. And uh, it shows that he's... He's made the proper improvements over at ATT. And, uh, of course, his bread and butter is his Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, and could he catch Islam in a submission? I don't think so. Davi Hamos couldn't catch him in a submission. Uh, a bunch of guys could not catch Islam in a submission. He's fought really good grapplers. And uh, Thiago Moises, I, I don't think uh, I don't think he's the cream of the crop in grappling, but he's certainly right there when it comes to it. Uh, but Islam Islam is just the real deal, and he's going to smash Thiago Moises. I know he wants to finish, but it's going to be very difficult to submit Thiago Moises. And uh, Thiago Moises has never been finished, and he doesn't have a suspect chin either. So it's going to be hard for for uh, Islam to do it, but I think he's going to be very dominant on his way to unanimous decision. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a, a very one-sided as a fight that we can get inside the UFC. Uh, but, you know, Islam Makachev, he, he's, he's incredible. You, you, you literally put it out on the table there. This guy is the, the second coming of Habib Nurmagomedov. You know, uh, he's basically the second Habib, and he's going to show why he's, uh, you know, top five, top two lightweights in the world. As you mentioned, he could probably beat Dustin Poirier, uh, Justin Gaethje, um, Benil Darouche, uh, that would be a great fight, but it would be all Darush versus Izzam Makachev. That'd be an incredible fight. But it, I, I do believe Izzam Makachev is going to win this fight this weekend. And it's going to be very one-sided. But I'd I, I like to see him get a step up in competition. I think it's definitely a time that he deserves it. But no one wants to fight him because he's that good. So it, it, he's in a weird situation where he has to go backwards to kind of go forwards because the people in front of him don't want to fight him because he's too much of a risk. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, who's going to fight him uh, next? Probably RDA. RDA might fight him. Uh, J- Hooker. Uh, Dustin. Um, uh, Dan Hooker, I mean. Dan he Hooker turned, said he, he would turned fight down him. Dan Hooker. He turned him down. Yeah, so so th- there we go. Uh, no one wants to fight this guy. He's, uh, he's an animal, and I don't blame him. He's too much of a risk. Uh, if you're fighting someone like Islam Makachev, it's, uh, it's a risky fight, and... I'd just like to see him get a step up in competition next. Maybe a top five would that, that that would very much please me. Maybe you know a Tony Ferguson. But if you put him in there against Tony Ferguson, we know what's going to happen. Then everyone, the MMA is going to cry again because Tony Ferguson soon is taking another beating, uh, unfortunately. But someone like RDA, maybe Benil Darouche, that 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 would entice me. I think that would be a good matchup for as is the Makachev. But that's if he gets past Tiago Moises. As you mentioned, been looking great for, uh, lately. Against Alexander Hernandez, he's striking Neville Bell. Uh, he against Johnson when he got that submission win. Um, then he beat Bobby Green, which was a, a close fight. Uh, but you know, it was uh, he, he's looking good at the moment. Uh, now he's at the best stage in his career. He's got a big main event in front of him. Uh, if he goes in there and upsets the odds. He's, he's announced himself as a, a real legit 155er. If he goes in there and, and wins this fight against Izzam Makachev, that's an incredible statement win for Thiago Moises. But he needs to get it done. Uh, the only way I see him getting it done is is on the feet. and uh, that, that, That's about it, really. Yeah, I think on the feet, this is a very competitive fight. 
But uh, I believe in every single round, Islam will go for a takedown and get it in a secure top position. And uh, the diff- one of the major differences between Islam and Habib is Islam is a little more, uh, he likes to pursue those submissions more. Um, and I believe he would love to get a submission over Tiago, but uh, Tiago's just too good on the ground, man. But Neil Darius can submit him. So uh, is- Islam, uh, Islam, of course, must wrestle in this fight if he wants to look as good as, uh, as he should. So uh, is Islam, Islam is just a real deal, man. I really believe in his abilities. Um, but I do believe uh, one man that can catch him is Michael Chandler. guy's a legitimately high-level wrestler and with one-punch knockout power. Uh, Islam has already been knocked out in the UFC by the Martins. So who knows what can happen. This is a crazy sport, but Islam Mahashev is never a bad bet. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. Uh, a bet that I would look uh, look for on the weekend against Mar- Marilyn Rivo versus Amicia Tate. Uh, I, if I'm looking at this, uh, Marilyn Rivo, I, I presume she's the favorite. If, would she be the favorite? She's an underdog. Underdog. She is the yeah. underdog. Well, I, yes, that would like, be a good bet. How, how would you like that as a bet, a Marilyn Rivo underdog? Yeah, the only way I see Marilyn Rivo getting this done is if uh, she attacks Misha Tate's nose early. Misha Tate got her nose, nose fixed. <laughs> yeah, she got her nose. Yeah, she got her nose fixed before the uh, Amanda Nunes fight. Dana White says, "Hey, you're fighting Amanda Nunes. How about you don't touch the nose surgically?" And <laughs> the first fight, the, the first punch thrown breaks uh, her nose again. Man, it was just a uh, it was a very bad move on Misha's part, and she gets. <laughs> completely demolished and her nose is broken again and yeah that's uh that can mess with you especially the longer the fight goes but uh besides that i just think uh if misha tate is very motivated and if she's as good as people are saying she looks in the gym i think she has her way with mary renault mary renault has gotten taken down and held down over and over again and that's how misha tate mm-hmm. wins fights she takes it down and uh gets the control of you in the uh, that's how she wins the decision. So uh, I'm going to go with Misha Tate here. But, uh, of course, somebody coming off a five-year layoff, kind of hard to bet on. So, uh, yeah, but my lean is Misha Tate just because her wrestling is very good. And she's at Extreme Couture, and that, that camp is no joke. She's been training with Casey O'Neill. Uh, she was helping out Casey O'Neill when she was training for uh, – for, uh, Laura Procopio, um, and yeah, Misha Tate, her wrestling background should be enough to win this, uh, but if she's not on her A game, don't get me wrong, uh, Marino has a 97 record, she's never been finished, and uh, yeah, she's she's beaten some good girls like Sarah McMahon and uh, and Jessica Andrade by triangle choke, so if, if Misha Tate gets lazy, or if she's not as good as we think she is, I, I do think she could get submitted, but uh, I'll go with Misha Tate by split decision. I think this is going to be a, somewhat of a close fight. Yeah, there's 10 years. Marion Rowe is 10 years older than Misha Tate, uh, which yeah. is incredible because Misha Tate has had four years and seven months away from the Otscon. Uh, and now she's returning, former champion, uh, one against uh, Holly Holm, and then obviously uh, Amanda Nunes uh, got that belt. Uh, at USC 200 in Brazil. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. That was uh, an incredible moment for me, uh, Nunes. But I, I, I agree with you. I think Misha Tate is uh, uh, going to get this one. Marin Renault is on a four fight losing streak, uh, not looking good for her now, right now. She is 44 years of age. Uh, this is probably her last fight. This is her last yeah, fight. This, this is. This yes. is her last fight yes. in her career. So, she's probably going to go out there and give it everything she's got, but I don't think she's going to have enough. Yeah, she's got she's got her son in her corner this time. Uh, she just wants her son to see her last fight in the octagon, win or lose, draw. It's her last fight, and uh, I don't know, man. If if you already know it's your last fight coming into it, maybe you're not gonna maybe you're not gonna fight as hard as you need to, you know, because you know there's nothing to look forward to in terms of the fight game after. I think Misha Tate's probably the hungrier one in this. She's talking about a rematch with uh, Amanda Nunes one day, which is pretty crazy to think about. But uh, she does have the style to beat a lot of women, you know. 
in the women's division, if you have a really good wrestling base, it'll take you a long, a long way. And I believe her. Uh, I would be curious as to how her striking looks because I, I believe Mary Renault is probably the better striker right now. She was actually able to hurt Macy Shiaison when they, they, they fought. So uh, even at forty four, Mary Renault is still dangerous. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, it, moving on to the, the next fight on the main card, we've got an absolute banger, an absolute showtime fight that is definitely going to produce Gamrot versus Jeremy Stevens. This is an absolute firefight. Uh, Gamrot in his last fight returned back to, uh, to the wing column after uh, losing his first fight inside the UFC against Guru Kutsalaze, who's uh, amazing, a, a phenomenal fighter. But in his last fight, uh, got the knockout win against uh, Scott Holzman. Uh, Jeremy Stevens hasn't been in the wing column for a long time long while and is uh he's moved up from 145 pounds uh after weighing 150 in his last fight so it, it's probably a smart move up to 155 uh but he's got a tough test in front of him gamma is a, an absolute killer he's a beast and that's the way i see it going i, I i'm not gonna I'm, i don't think this is gonna be a knockout in this fight but i feel like we're gonna see jeremy stevens hurt in this fight multiple times and uh, i think this one's gonna go to the scorecards uh, I think Stevens is tough. Uh, I think that, I, I can't remember off the top of my head if we've ever seen him knocked out. Uh, Calvin Cater. Oh, Calvin Cater. Yeah, Jose Aldo. Literally in his last fight, yeah, Jose Aldo. Yeah, but that was like more of a yeah a body shot. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good point. So he he has been finished in the past. Yeah, so I totally forgot about that Calvin Cater one. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Gamera in this one. I think Gamera gets it, but I'm going to go decision. Yeah, uh, fun fact about Jeremy Stevens: he has the most decision losses in UFC history. He's very tough, um, and uh, he often gets outclassed. And I believe uh, Mantaurish Gamrot can outclass him here. Uh, Mantaurish has a really strong wrestling pace. Uh, she he showed that in his last fight, um, and he was able to get a, the knockout against Hot Sauce Scott Holtzman. And I believe he's he's a very bright prospect. He's seventeen and one, and the one loss was a split decision in his debut to another high level prospect. So uh, that that loss really doesn't hurt him in my eyes. And uh, Jeremy Stevens, uh, it's very it's very clear that you just have to be the bully against this guy and not get bullied by him. Um, Jeremy Stevens has one punch knockout power, especially at one fifty five. The guy was able to concuss Jakar close with a push, for goodness sake. So uh, he, he is dangerous. Uh, but uh, Matash Gamma, I, I believe he's he's not going to be the type of guy that just get uh, his uh, growth stunted by a veteran like this. I believe he's too good for that. And he'll he'll dominate on a way to a unanimous decision. 100%. This, this is going to be a great fight. Make sure you tune in for this one. Uh, a young, hungry prospect in Gamera taking on the veteran Grizzly uh, of uh, Jeremy Stevens. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Jeremy Stevens only still 35 years old, which is crazy because he's been inside the UFC for uh, so long. So long. Uh, his, his fight against Din Thomas might have been, what, 2008, I want to say? Yeah, it's, that's he's crazy. Been, yeah, it's, it's incredible. He's been inside the UFC for a very, very long time. Uh, but uh, Rodolfo Vieira versus Dustin Stiofus is uh, at middleweight. Uh, Rodolfo Vieira returning uh, back to middleweight and his first appearance after the submission loss against Anthony Fluffy Hernandez what shocked the world. But he's going to get a submission winning in this fight. Yeah, Anthony Hernandez uh, shocked us on a couple of nights uh that's an inside joke, fellas. But uh, yeah, that's not a good. That's not a good loss. Not a good loss at all. Uh, we know Adolfo Vieira might be the best uh, BJJ guy in the UFC, and he got submitted by a purple belt. So that shows you that his grappling is it's only effective for so long. The guy's cardio tank is not excellent. Stolzfus, uh his cardio is significantly better, and uh, he's never been submitted. So if Dustin Stolfis can stay out of those submissions for about a round, I believe uh, in that second round, uh, Adolfo Vieira is going to be toast once again. Uh, it's not like he it's not like he lost all that muscle since our since uh, earlier in the year. So I believe he's going to gas out again, and Stolfis should just you know 
destroy him and eventually knock him out, to be honest. I don't think he's he's gonna go for the style points like Fluffy Hernandez did with that with that dart stroke. But uh yeah. Stolfis, I, I think his submission defense is probably good enough to keep him out of uh, danger early and he'll capitalize late in the round uh Adolfo Vieira, I thought he was going to take a longer uh, a longer layoff to just fix some things. But, uh, yeah, Stolfis, he's a tough guy, and he does have a clean knockout on his record. I think he can do it to Vieira. Wow, wow, wow. Well, interesting that you went that way. Uh, I, thought, I thought, you know, maybe you'd go with Vieira, but you, you, you're going with Stolfis. Uh, Stolfis. 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 Stolfis, that's the one. Yeah. Well, we've got another great fight on the main card as well. Billy Quartino has taken on Gabriel Bennett. Ben, 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 oh, my God. We're having a nightmare today. Benitez. We're having a nightmare today. Billy Quartino versus Gabriel Benitez on the, the first fight on the main card. Uh, it's going to be a good show, a good showcase for both, both fighters. Uh, but which way are you leaning? Yeah, I'm on the Billy Quartino side. I believe his wrestling is enough to win this fight. A fun fact about uh, Gabriel Benitez. Every win in the octagon he's had is against a guy that's now been released. So when he fights a, a guy that's, you know, somewhat good, tends to lose, man. Uh, even though he's one of the hardest kickers in the UFC, uh, you know, the game plan is out there to beat him. You, you can either out-wrestle him, you can even knock him out like, uh, like Yusuf and Philly did. So I don't, think he's, I don't think he's the cream of the crop anywhere. Um, and Billy Quarantillo, uh, it's kind of the same deal with him, but He's a very good fighter in, in terms of he'll fight through the early adversity and punish you later. Uh, his fight against Kyle Nelson and Spike Carlisle, those were classic examples of that where he, he was clearly losing early, and then uh, he's able to make things ugly and capitalize later. So uh, against Gabriel Benitez, uh, I believe Quarantillo is going to have a higher output, and I also think he can get a couple of takedowns that will get him the win uh, by split decision. This is my pick for fight of the night. It's going to be a fun one. And uh, if you see Billy Quarantillo on a card, definitely watch that card. Quarantillo always comes to entertain, and he's a real bonus chase as well. So, yeah, this should be uh, a tough fight for Billy, but I think he, he has enough tools to get it done. Yeah, this is a fantastic fight, and there's a lot of fights on this card that, you know, have tremendous shout and being fight tonight, and uh, we're in for a treat this weekend. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the same track with you. I think Billy Q is enough to get this done. His wrestling, uh, yeah, a huge advantage. Uh, Gabriel Benitez, you know, we, we talked about them kicks with uh, Javier Mendez and what he said about them. Uh, we don't really, really need to repeat that. Everyone knows how good his kicks are, but uh, will he be able to and utilize them? I think Billy Q, you know, I think he catches one of the kicks, takes him down and uh, we see a wrestling display uh, for 15 minutes. But uh, I wouldn't write out Gabriel Benitez. He's he's upset the odds a few times, uh, but he's lost against Yusuf Salah and Andre Philly, as you mentioned. He's been, been knocked out, uh, but I don't see him getting f knocked out in this fight. Maybe submitted, but uh, who knows? Uh, I'm going to go with Billy Corotino in this fight. Uh, I'm going to submission. But a fight that's probably not going to end by submission. Daniel Rodriguez versus Preston Pearsons. It, this is going to be a, a really good fight. Preston Pearson stepping in at short notice. He's only nine and two in his MMA career. This fight is at 170 pounds, and uh, he's only 26 years old. He's he's been thrown into the deep end against uh, D Rod. D Rod is a, a phenomenal fight, and he showed it in his last fight against Mike Perry, which was only two months ago and three weeks. That he's returning, uh, you know, uh, not not too far. No, what, what, what word am I looking for? He returned short, uh, quickly. That's it. He returned quickly. And he has a lot of power in them hands. He can knock anybody out on any, any given day. Is this how it happens? Yeah, talking about knockouts, Preston has already been knocked out by Mike Perry. That's who Daniel Rodriguez just dominated. So I'm thinking Daniel Rodriguez probably does it to him as well. Uh, we know he, he carries great power in his hands. He loves a good brawl. Um, and the thing with Preston, he's only won by submission. Nine wins, nine submissions. So if this goes to the ground, maybe he can do something to D-Rod there. But D-Rod is no slouch on the ground either. He trained with Cowboy. And uh, Cowboy is a very talented grappler. And he was able to submit Tim Means in his debut. So 
I don't think he's he has like a major hole on the ground there. So Preston Part Parsons probably is gonna fail there. And then uh D Rod in the second round probably should wail on him and get a knockout. Uh yeah, if if Dana Rodriguez is unable to get the knockout, he'll win in Adam's decision. But uh yeah, Preston's already been knocked out and D Rod loves to finish fights. And that's what he's yeah. gonna do there. I'm very confident I'm- about that pick too. 100% I agree with you on that one. That left hand, it, it it may come from the hip. It may come from an awkward position. It may not be the most technical, but if you let it hit you, eesh, you're going out. It's lights out. Yep. So, yeah, he, he's got here. Uh, if, if Pearson wants to say a uh, Parsons, I mean, if Parsons wants to win this fight, he's got to stay perfect on the feet, not get clipped. Probably get the fight to the floor. As you mentioned, nine wins, nine submissions. Uh so that's his only way to victory. Get the fight to the floor. Uh, maybe watch it. Looking for Daniel Rodriguez to overextend, uh, slip under the punch. You know, clinch and look for a trip. Maybe that's a maybe that's a good way to get the um, get a fight to the floor. But someone else who likes to keep the fight standing. Amanda Lemos in her last fight put on it put an absolute beating uh, in a fight against um oh Sue Sosa. Yeah, we were watching this fight, and then she um she she put on an absolute clinic with her hands, and she has heavy, heavy hands for a woman at 115 pounds. Her hands are, are powerful. So, what what are we going with this fight? What what are we leaning towards? Yeah, Ma- Montserrat Conejo has a very clear game plan. She loves those judo throws, and she loves to keep you. Uh, inside saddle and just uh pound on you and just hope to get a unanimous decision she was a seven time uh national champion in mexico very very talented wrestler and even though she's very short i believe she's only five feet tall or five foot something like that very very short she's, she's very thick she's got a lot of weight on her um when it comes to fight night she she's got a lot of size in her and i believe that uh i guess a lot of girls i, I believe the weight will be too much and it's hard to get her off of the off of uh, them, but uh, Lamos on on the other hand is a very talented grappler. She's a black belt, but the thing with Montserrat is with her game plan, she has to get close to you, and you do not want to get too close to Amanda Lamos because she will land a bomb and she'll she'll have you doing the chicken dance. So uh, I I believe that uh, Conejo is going to just hope to just go forward and uh, eat whatever shots. She can on her way to getting the the takedown, but it's not going to be good enough. I believe she's going to get clipped on the way, on the way there, and in the second round she'll probably get put away. She's very tough, never been knocked out, but Lamos just has that uh that very special power to 115 pounds. That's that should be enough to get the finish here. Yeah, it's it, we saw that against Souza, ridiculous power. And uh, it, it was hard to watch that fight. And uh, I feel like this could be another showcase where we look at uh, next week, we, we talk about Lemos and talk about how good she looked uh, and maybe getting her a top 15, top 10 ranked opponent next. Uh, I, I think that's definitely on the horizon if she wins this one. Uh, her only loss does come to Leslie Smith uh, by KO, TKO. And, uh, yeah, Leslie Reese, Smith maybe. is a featherweight. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Leslie Smith is a big girl. Uh, so uh, not not too much to really look into that one. But uh, Lemos is at 115. Looks good. Looks really good. She has a submission win against Miranda Granger. Um, so her defense, uh, will her defense be able to hold up against Ruiz? And, you know, if we're sitting inside, side, will Ruiz go for these submissions? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what her or offense, uh, submission offense was like against Byes. Yeah, uh, it really, it really, uh, she really didn't pursue any submissions. She was looking to, to get ground and pound above all. Um, and, uh, yeah, she ate a lot of good shots from, uh, Shine Bays, but, uh, yeah, you can't eat those same shots from Lemos. Well, yeah, 100% I agree. You can't eat them shots from Lemos. She's going to put you out. Uh, and that, 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 I don't, maybe not seeing a KO finish, maybe a TKO finish. Uh, Rui's taking a lot of punishment. Maybe in the third round, it gets stopped. Sort of like Chris, uh, uh, Sean O'Malley versus Chris Moutinho, but just not as much punishment as that fight. Uh, but moving on to the next fight, out of bantamweight, 
uh, Khalid Taha versus Sergey Morozov at 135 pounds. Uh, this is a great fight, and uh, this this is one we should be looking forward to on the prelim prelims. Uh, I know Oscar's got a lot of words to say about this one. So, what are we going with? Yeah, this is a very hard fight to pick for me. Uh, Khalid Taha, he was on the sauce in his debut. Uh, he got caught by Usada, and since then, uh, he's had uh, mixed results. Uh, in the Ronnie Barcelos fight, that was a very fun fight to watch. They got tagged badly, um, and he was nearly finished in that fight. Uh, Morozov, his recent losses are nothing to be ashamed about. He got choked out by uh, Umar Nomagomedov. And before that, he got choked out by Movsar Evilowev. Two absolute killers on the ground. Some of the best rushers in the UFC. And before that, he got knocked out by uh, Tough 29 uh, um, competitor Josh Reddinghouse. And he has a rematch against Josh Reddinghouse, and he wins a unanimous decision. That shows you he's had clear improvement since his early days in MMA. And now he's uh, he's ready for the UFC. He had a tough fight against Umar, but Umar's going to give just about anybody a tough fight. And uh, against against a guy in uh, Kalitaha who has been uh, hurt in the past, I don't know, man. This is this is a very tough fight to pick, but I I think Murozov can probably outpoint him on the feet. Very hard to pick, but uh, I'll go with Morozov. He's a very talented striker, and uh, I believe he probably has the better chin as well. Yeah, that's the exact same way I'm going with you. He, he, the, in the M1, uh, I believe he might have been a former M1 champion. As you mentioned there, his, his only two losses came against uh, Movsar and Umar Nurmagomedov, and that's, you know, there's no shame in there. You know, but he, he lost against Josh Rettenhouse, got that win back. Uh, that was the the fight literally before the UFC. Uh, he got the call up. Uh, but yeah, he, he lost in his debut against Umar Nurmagomedov. The UFC did him no favours with that matchup in his debut. Uh, now he's got, you know, a fight that I feel like it can definitely go his way. This is a, a, a winnable fight for him. And I, I'm going to see him. I think he's going to get the knockout in round one. Uh, I think he's going to uh, put himself on the map uh, very early and uh, show show the world what he's made of. And uh, I feel like we're, this is another guy that we're going to be talking about next week. And we'll be like, wow, how great did he look? And I feel like Sergey Morozov is going to put, put Bantamweights on notice uh, that he is a real contender. But when it comes to elite people like Umar Magomedov and uh, Movsar, uh, you know, he, he, he's uh, probably going to end up losing. But he, it was a long time ago since he last fought Movsar. So it, it, there might be, a, you know, he might put up a different challenge now. But is he still better than Movsar? Probably, probably not. Movsar is an incredible, incredible fighter. He's an animal. Uh, but I think Sergio gets the win done. I think we're going to see him get a knockout in this one. Round one or two is uh, what I'm predicting uh, in this fight. Uh, moving on to the next one, we got uh, Anderson dos Santos versus Miles Johns. Miles Johns returning after losing his undefeated. Well, uh, he lost his undefeated shink against Mario Bar- Batista, but then he got in the um, win uh, win column against uh, Kevin Natividad, and now he's fighting Anderson dos Silva, who got also got in the win column in his last fight against Martin Day, who's now. Not inside the UFC, but he was on a two-fight losing streak against Nad Namani and Andre Ewell. Uh, he's had a lot of fights uh, in his MMA career, a lot of losses. Uh, almost 36 years old. Uh, the reach and the height advantage. Wait, the reach actually goes to Anderson De Silva according to Tapology, uh, but the height advantage is uh, Miles Johns. Uh, what's your thoughts in this fight, and uh, who takes home the win? I'm very confident that Miles Johns win this. I believe he's the better striker and the better wrestler. And he probably has better cardio too. So if you have those three advantages, that'll take you very far. And uh, b- besides a, a guillotine threat from Anderson Dos Santos, I really think this is Milo John's fight to win. I think uh, I think he's really going to outclass Anderson Dos Santos. Dos Santos was fighting a guy that was on the skid as well in modern day uh, when he got that win by guillotine. And I actually thought Martin Day was going to win that fight. I thought Martin Day could probably knock him out. But uh, he proved me wrong there. And uh, I, I don't know if he's UFC caliber. But I sure do know that Miles Johnson is UFC caliber. And I think he's going to look great in this fight and win in the end of his decision. I, I agree with you. Unless he does get caught by that guillotine choke, 
Uh, on the feet, I, yeah, I feel like he, he's uh, he's the best striker, and uh, he's not 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 too much to really worry about. Uh, and that's where I feel like he has the, the the biggest the biggest strength is on the feet, and uh, he's got some power as well inside them hands. But his uh, his wrestling is good as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But Francisco Figueiredo takes on Malcolm Gordon in this fight. Uh, 125 pounds. Francisco Figueiredo, the brother of. Former champion Davison Figueiredo, and he makes his second appearance as a UFC fighter. In his debut, he got the win, if I'm correct, against, uh, against Jerome Rivera, who fought uh, this weekend. That was five months ago. And now Malcolm Gordon, who's on a two-fight losing streak, uh, also made his debut two fights ago, but he's been 0-2 since signing with the UFC. Uh, submission loss versus uh, Amir Albazi and uh, a KO loss versus... Sue Medereshi, which Sue Medereshi is an absolute animal. Um, but in this fight, what are you what are you what are you predicting? What are you going with? Yeah, Francisco Figueredo is a three to one favorite in this fight, uh, and I really don't think he's a skilled enough fighter to be a three to one favorite. He, he's nowhere near as good as his brother. Um, in his last fight, he had a very disciplined approach against Jerome Rivera. He just took him down and held him down. Looked good doing it, but. Uh, I don't think he has an outstanding ability anywhere. I don't think he's he's a very powerful striker. And on the ground, he, he's really not the most dangerous when it comes to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and his opponent, Malcolm Gordon, he loves those arm bars. And he has uh, some decent power in his hands. But the problem is, whenever it's not going his way, he 100% will quit. That fighting in Sumer Dereji, you, you just saw the guy fold in front of your eyes in front of as soon as he got hit with a really good punch, he, he was like, I'm out, man. It's it's not for me. So uh, I'll I'll definitely pick Francisco in this fight simply because I think Michael Gordon is one of the worst nails in the UFC. The guy, the guy cannot take a punch. And uh, on the ground, uh, he can get bullied. So I'll go with Francisco Figueredo to win this fight by Nanip's decision um, because Malcolm Gordon, you know, when it's not going his way, it's going to be over quite soon. A very, very good pick, which I uh, one I also agree with you. Um, you know, Francis Gavidia figured, uh, you know, he's got you know one of the greatest 125 pounders, uh, working with him, uh, at the moment, which is his brother, who you know, he, who's the former champion, uh, gone one and one with Brandon Moreno. Uh, I don't know whether that's the correct term to use, but yeah, uh, Malcolm Gordon fighting out of uh, London, Ontario, Canada. Uh, and uh, obviously, uh, Frankis Figueiredo fighting out Brazil at Team Figueiredo. Uh, he's 31 years, both men are 31 years old. Uh, the high advantage, high advantage, and the reach advantage corner to topology goes to Gordon. Um, and as you mentioned, he, he's uh, not a very good nail. And uh, as soon as he starts to get hit, he, he sort of gives up on himself. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how what, what way this goes in this fight. But I am going to go with Francis, Francisco Figueiredo. Uh, in this fight, uh, and uh, as you mentioned, he's not as good as his brother, but you know he, th th there's some improvement to be made, and uh, I believe he takes the win on the weekend against Malcolm Gordon. But a heavyweight fight on the first fight of the evening against two fighters that have both lost their last fight: uh, Alan Badut against Torben Aspinall in his last fight, and then Rodrigo Nascimento against Chris Dorcas in his last fight, which is, you know, both mentioned, uh, you know, not hold that lost up, you know, too much because they're both fantastic prospects. Uh, Chris Dorcas now fighting Shamil, oh, his last name. Abdurahimov, Abdurahimov. There we go. Abdurahimov. And now Tom Nasmanul hasn't got a fight yet, but I'm sure he will uh, have someone interesting to fight. It may be in the top 15 or just outside top 15. Uh, but yeah, both Fighters who, uh, who they've lost to are now fighting, uh, you know, at the top of the division. Uh, according to Topology, he's training at ATT, which is a fantastic camp, and then a Badut at MMA Factory. So they've both got some fantastic camps. Uh, but who gets the win in this one for you, Oscar? Yeah, this is a tough one because, you know, Bado has that one-punch knockout power. But in his last fight, uh, he was fighting uh, Tom Aspinall. We know Tom Aspinall prefers to box first to strike um and he got taken down and grounded pounded in about a minute 
And that's what Nasimito is very good at doing. He can take it down in an instant and uh, submit you or finish you with ground pound. So, assuming Bado doesn't catch him early, we're going to see Nasimito get that takedown and finish him very early by first round submission. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, you brought up there. I remembered the fight now. Tom Nasimito just taking him down and just the, the, the ground and pound. Uh, was vicious in that fight. His only other loss as well, he's been KO'd against a Daosha, uh ooh, how do you how pronounce that one then, Oscar? Daosha, uh Lugo Lubula, the one he, he's also inside the UFC. Um, he's fighting oh, against... Oh, Daosha uh, Bodula. My goodness. Yeah, that, yeah, I've got yeah. that one wrong too, but that's actually a middleweight. Yeah, he, he he's lost against him as well uh in the past uh but he hasn't been fighting too much uh, too regularly if you look at his um you know his, his career we've got four years three years three years two years before he came to the ufc it was two years and two months and then eight months ago he lost against tom Aspinall. um he is 34 almost 34 years of age uh he's uh maybe got to get on a little bit if he wants to get to the top of the division but you know heavyweights are notoriously known to be really old uh so uh you know he's probably not out of his place uh, uh, Rodrigo Nascimento is 28 years old, uh, six foot two, 265 pounds. And uh, you mentioned uh, Badut getting taken down really easy by a striker in Tom Aspinall. And uh, Rodrigo Nascimento, Brandon Butter, is taking people down and getting that, uh, you know, getting the finish. And he's a uh, he's a big, he's a minus three, three, uh, 333 favorite, according to Tapology. And uh, they're probably correct with that. And uh, I think Rodrigo Nassimino gets this one done, unless he doesn't get catchy early, as you mentioned as well, as you mentioned. But yeah, what a fantastic fight weekend that we have this weekend. Misha Tate returns. Is the Makachev is headlining? It's going to be a fantastic showcase for fighters top to bottom. Uh, is there anything else that we have this weekend that we, we could talk about Tough 29 quickly for three minutes? Sure, sure. Uh, Josh Redding has, we just mentioned him. He has a knockout win over Sergey Morozov, and uh, he had a tough fight against uh, I Brady. don't know his ex Brady oh. stand, I believe. Yeah, Brady stand. So that fight was a split decision. I thought I, I wasn't sure who had won that second round up, but Josh Reddinghouse, when I was on the feet, he was able to do a lot of damage. And unfortunately, uh, even though he's the veteran, he actually got outclassed on the ground by Brady. Brady's uh he, he trains with Michael Chiesa, so you best bet his uh ground game is uh pretty high level. So Brady is only 24, 23, I believe, and I believe uh in a couple of years I believe he he might even get ranked. Uh so very very uh, good showing by both men. I believe Josh Reddinghouse probably still gets signed by the UFC, even though he lost. That's how competitive this fight was. Yeah, hundred percent. Here he is Brady uh high stand. Uh, yes. He's only twenty. Uh, tw uh, they say twenty-two years of old, uh, years of age. Uh, trains with Michael Chiesa. Uh, it, it, he has Michael Chiesa in his uh, in the same gym, uh, which is a phenomenal person to have around you in camp and uh, in in your corner. Uh, but yeah, if you look at his wins, his wins heading, uh, you know, not against you know the greatest of competition, um, but you know he got the job done. He looked great on top. Um, I'm excited to see where he goes. You know, this is a great learning experience. Josh Rettenhouse was probably the best opponent of his career, and uh, he got the job done. Uh, yes, there was complications in that third round. You know, he looked very tired. If Josh Rettenhouse had enough in the tank and got his striking going a little bit more, it, it, we, 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 could, we could be talking about Josh Rettenhouse and uh, uh, talk about a KO win. Uh, but we're not. We're talking about how good Brady Heisman looked. His wrestling is phenomenal. Um, which, which is funny, is these two are really good teammates. Uh, they used to train together, uh, and yeah. then they're roommates. Uh, so they're in an interesting position, and uh, it was unfortunately had to fight. But Brady looked great. He moves on to the semi-finals of the bantamweight uh, tough, and uh, it's exciting to see where he goes from here. Uh, but yeah, this this is pretty much the end of the episode. Uh, we're pretty much going on for a little bit, a little bit longer now. One hour of uh, uh talking time that me and Oscar have had today. Uh, we've talked about UFC 264. We talk about uh Islam Akshay versus um uh, Tiago Moises. We hope you enjoyed the show this weekend. 
Uh, we will be back uh, Thursday, roughly the same time. Uh, we say 7 p.m. UK time. I'm not too sure that is in American time. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week. I hope you enjoy the fights this weekend. Oscar, any last words? Yeah, just make sure to enjoy the fights and uh, bet on Islam. You know, you're probably not going to lose your money, man. Yeah, enjoy your nights this weekend. Uh, I hope you have a good one as well, Oscar. All right, that is it.